What's up, everybody? This is Don, the host of the Real Spill Podcast. This is episode number six. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Bronny James is now a 2024 top 10 NBA draft pick. That's fucking crazy. It's happening, man. Uh, 16 months away before he's technically eligible for the draft. It's going to be fun. I don't know where he's getting drafted right now. They haven't projected for the Orlando Magic, which is really fucking crazy. It's kind of saying that the Magic are going to be kind of sort of trash at least next year as well. Um, but it's going to be fun. LeBron says he wants to play with his son. I definitely think it's going to happen. He's just going to sign on some minimal deal type of thing for a veteran, which is crazy to say because he'll still be probably averaging 25, definitely starting. His son's probably definitely going to start with him. They say he's one of the best overall two-way defenders. Um, he's a very good point guard or just shooting guard in general. Takes efficient shots. Uh, he's definitely got bounce. He's just a smaller version of his dad, probably like six inches shorter than him. He's still 6'2", 6'3". His dad's 6'9", 6'10". Haley and Hannah Cavender are already NIL legends. In the 16 months since NIL has been legal in the NCAA, they're some of the highest-ranking athletes, with Haley sitting at number 37 and Hannah right behind her at number 39. Haley has an evaluation of 794000 while Hannah has an evaluation of 790000 which is really, really impressive. Some of the top athletes in the country this year. They both averaged double digits this year for Fresno State. Haley earned All-Mountain West honors last season, while her sister ranked 10th in the conference with 14.6 points per game. So they do have a game to match up their TikTok fame and their Instagram fame. It's really good to see these kids being able to benefit off NIL. But Miami's women's basketball has been sanctioned for the first time in NCAA history. As the recruits dined at Booster John Ruiz's home, Ruiz's tweet that night is what ended up drawing the NCAA's attention, which is really crazy. The internet just snitching on themselves. They are pretty much taking recruitment dinner probably getting offered money and just how they'd be treated and just some of the perks and benefits for coming to that university they ended up of course signing but still makes it illegal which I still think is a little bit dumb because if you're gonna let these kids make money at all you should let them be able to take dinners before it's what you call legal or okay to obviously decide to make these decisions they're deciding on school they're deciding on the rest of their career so I get it I get both sides of it but they did technically violate a rule so they are getting sanctioned for that who knows what those sanctions will really end up being that could just be being banned from the tournament that could be getting recruits taken away from them who knows what that'll end up being but that is a really big deal let you know you probably shouldn't just tweet everything and take pictures of everything because he just tweeted it out before they were officially signed which isn't that big of a deal but it is still to the ncaa as a this is again their first nil infractions rulings that they've ever made which is not going to be the last, of course. There's going to be bigger ones than this, and there's going to be probably one soon, honestly, because there's been a lot of crazy things in the 16 months since NIL has been officially okay. The WNBA's all-time leading scorer, Diana Taurasi, signed a multi-year contract to return for at least her 19th season in 2023. The deal is guaranteed for two years, worth $469,872. She became the first WNBA player to have a 30-point game at the age of 40. Michael Jordan and Dirk Nowitzki are the only NBA players to accomplish that. She's a three-time WNBA champion, a five-time Olympic gold medalist, which is crazy. One of the best shooters of all time, one of the best players of all time. A UConn legend. Um, she's one of the first players I remember when I started actually watching basketball when I was younger. Definitely one of my favorite players. So to see her coming back is pretty cool. A lot of the older players in the WNBA still are playing. Brittany Griner is coming back this season with the Mercury as well on a one-year deal. She spent 10 months in a detention center in Russia. She missed the entire 2022 season, so that's a really big deal. Nobody really talks about the Merchant of Death trade anymore which is really crazy, but I'm glad she's home. Glad she's back with her family. It was a crazy situation that was really politicized for no reason, for a cannabis pen or tincture or whatever the fuck she had, allegedly. So I'm glad she's playing this season. It's one of the best players in WNBA. This past weekend was the 2023 NBA All-Star Game. The MVP of the weekend was still probably Mac McClung winning the 2023 NBA Dunk Contest. 
really impressive, really surprising, honestly. I've seen his dunks on TikTok and Instagram and everything, Instagram specifically, but um, never thought he would be in the NBA doing a dunk contest, never thought he ended up winning this, but the competition was very interesting this year. There were some very good dunks, but overall, Mac McClung definitely stole the show. They're saying he brought the dunk contest back, which people definitely could argue, but hopefully next year there's some John Moran, some Zion Williamson, someone like that. Everyone's kind of begging for some of the stars to compete and see what they can do in the dunk contest as they used to. All-Star Weekend ended on Sunday night with an actual game. Team Giannis beat Team LeBron 175 to 184. Really good game overall um, when it comes to offense. Not a lot of defense played. A lot of people were complaining about that after the game, which I can definitely understand. Um, it was really a three-point contest, to be honest with you. Jason Tatum broke the all-time scoring um, record for the All-Star game, so that was pretty cool. That's one of my favorite players in the NBA. LeBron ended up injuring his hand um, at the end of the second half, trying to block a dunk, so he didn't play in the second half. Giannis only played the first play after getting a left-handed dunk. Um, he, his right hand, I believe, is injured right now, so he only played those like 30 seconds or so, and then he intentionally fouled, and then he got out of the game. Team LeBron made it competitive a little bit at the end of the game, but Dame Lillard ended up hitting a long three-pointer to end it off. Um, so again, the score with the target score was 184 to 175, so they ended up winning that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Carmelo also came out during halftime to do a tribute for LeBron James for breaking the all-time leading scoring mark. It was really cool. A lot of people on Twitter were talking about Carmelo um, and all of his controversy in the past, which I won't necessarily go over. A few days later, it came out that. This year's game was the lowest rated and least watched edition of the All-Star Game in NBA history, which is a really bad stat for the NBA because especially they do generally everything right. They did the halftime show right. They did the promo for the game right. They did the new intro for the game to allow the players to pick their teams right before the game. Um, they did everything they possibly could do right, but I guess people found it boring with the pretty much three-point contest, which again, it essentially was a three-point contest all over again from Saturday night, probably just a better version of it. People were throwing up half-court shots, three-fourth quarter, sh three-fourth of the court shots, everything. They were throwing up crazy things, full-court shots. I've seen literally just about everything at the end of quarters and just during the game as well, so no defense being played just at all, um, so people really don't like that, and I can kind of understand that, but... I think players get paid so much now, they're not trying to get injured, they're not trying to injure their opponents during the NBA All-Star game, um, lose all that money, sponsorships, endorsements, I think all that kind of comes in plays. They're also really busy during the All-Star weekend, doing all the interviews, the parties, the hostings, all they have to do during that weekend, um, and they really get no break from playing a few days before, and then they get a few days after off after that so i can understand why they're not giving absolute maximal effort on defense during the all-star game so i kind of see both sides of that coin but overall i just i like the game i enjoyed it um and it's good to see that nobody was injured generally besides lebron james of course which is kind of hard to say is one of the best players in the league um but i think he'll be all right so with the buyout market obviously surging right now everyone's getting bought out and everyone's becoming free agents the notable free agents remaining still out there are Carmelo Anthony, Serge Ibaka, John Wall, Kemba Walker, Isaiah Thomas, DeMarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, LaMarcus Aldridge, who announced he's coming out of kind of semi-retirement and entering free agency again recently, Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington, Hassan Whiteside, which is crazy. I haven't heard of Hassan Whiteside in like a year and a half, two years really since he's been with Portland. Uh, Jeremy Lamb still out there. Uh, Mo Harkless, Michael Carter-Williams, who I also haven't heard of for a while. I believe he went overseas to play. A lot of famous names, though. Carmelo really should get a chance. That would be really dope um, if he did get a chance. So hopefully that does happen. Um, hopefully he can you know, sign a minimum deal with maybe like the Suns or the Lakers and have one last ride at the playoffs. Um, it would be really, really dope to see him win a championship, of course, of all people that are remaining. I believe Chris Paul was interested 
and doing that with the Suns, at least they have talked about it recently, that I believe that Chris Paul was actually interested in bringing him onto the Suns. At least that's been talked about recently since KD signed. A lot of people are coming to the Suns. A lot of people are being linked and rumored to come be coming to the Suns. They really just need more shooters, some more defense, and, I mean, they should be on their way to an NBA championship, hopefully, for KD. He can hush people up. He can finally... For KD, they can finally shut people up. He can finally shut people up that he can't win without Steph. Um, I think this might be his year. Hopefully it is, but we'll see for the rest of the NBA season. Overall, star break as well. Russell Westbrook officially accepted the buyout from the Utah Jazz. He ends up signing with the Los Angeles Clippers, which is a good deal for him. He seems to really like it there in his press conference. He said it feels good to be appreciated and feel wanted. Um, he's been seen bigging up his teammates, smiling, just having a good time at practice. I think it'll be a pretty decent fit. Um, it's crazy that he did get traded from the Lakers, and now he's on the Clippers um, in just a matter of seven to ten days. So him playing his last game with the Lakers, he just literally has to go right across the hallway to the Clippers now, play with Kawhi, play with Paul George. If they're healthy and he buys into his role, I think they'll be pretty good. They say he's going to start, according to the reports, which is a little bit surprising because he was the sixth man of the year, probably front runner before he got traded. But if he ends up starting the rest of the season or a few games for the rest of the season, he definitely could end up finishing second and third in that voting. But he's going to have a good overall rest of the season, hopefully, so we'll see how that goes. Patrick Beverly, who also got traded from the Lakers, also accepted his buyout and ended up signing with his hometown Chicago Bulls. He says that in the two remaining games that he has against the Lakers, his biggest goal will be to get them eliminated from the playoffs. Of course, he's going to be hilarious in everything he says. His time with the Lakers was very interesting. Only a few months, obviously, but the standout moment was definitely him going up to the photographer and getting the camera to show the referee, and that's probably the best technical foul of all time. But his time is over with the Lakers. He's now a Chicago Bull. Kevin Love went ahead and signed with the Miami Heat, which I'm decently excited about as a Heat fan. Hopefully he can go back to his old ways a little bit, double-double. He says he plans to help him get to the NBA Finals, which I definitely think he can do if he stays healthy. Hopefully he can get my Heat into the playoffs in the top seed. Hopefully we can have um, home court advantage in the first round or so. So that'd be really dope. Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia have officially signed their contracts. Their 2023 fight will be on April 22nd in Las Vegas. Everyone's looking forward to this fight. I can't wait for this fight. I'm a big Javante Davis fan. I think Javante Davis is going to knock Ryan Garcia out. I don't think this fight is going to be close. I think Javante Davis is going to come in there frustrated on some Mike Tyson type shit and really like knock him out in like the second or third round. Ryan Garcia to me is super overrated. He's TikTok famous he's not really like he's not, i mean he's a good boxer don't get me wrong i don't think his power is there i don't think his reach is going to matter that much i don't think because he's taller and maybe longer than ryan um than tank that it's really going to matter at all tank's power is crazy tank's power is unmatched i think he's going to beat the hell out of ryan garcia i really hope he wins this fight um it'd be really dope to be out in las vegas that's really unrealistic but um, but Las Vegas definitely will be popping that weekend. Everybody's looking forward to this fight. I don't think there's a bigger fight that really could be announced at this point this year to really beat this one. Um, we're getting the kind of like Mayweather and uh, Pacquiao fight in a way um, a lot earlier in these people's careers than we got obviously in Floyd's and uh, Manny Pacquiao's career. Not the greatest comparison, but you kind of get what I'm saying. But overall, really looking forward to that fight. Definitely going to put some money on Tank Davis. Um, that's going to be a crazy fight. Can't wait to see... All the stuff leading up to the fight, all the press runs and all that stuff, and them doing interviews together and stuff. They definitely know how to market the fight. They definitely know how to market with each other. Um, kind of similar to kind of like what Floyd and uh, Conor McGregor were doing at that point, just kind of going back and forth in the media. Their marketing is just A1, so it's going to be really fun to see the lead up to this fight on April 22nd.
and some music news this week. Uh, Lil Boosie was doing an interview with DJ Vlad, as he always does. He's probably one of the most like common interviews that DJ Vlad does. They do really good interviews, though, so I understand why they do it. Um, but he was asked during that interview on his album with T.I., and T.I. recently had made news on saying that he had caught a gun case in the past, and he put pretty much the rap on his dead cousin. Essentially, snitched on his dead cousin. His lawyer said if he was able to pin the guns on him, that he can make it all go away. And he, on camera, did say that he admitted to doing that. Since then, they've kind of gone back and forth in the media. T.I. said, um, you can't really call me a rat if you haven't seen the paperwork. He's came out and shown the paperwork, snippets of the paperwork, no, no zoomed in, no, like, PDF file formats for us to really read. <laughs> um, but Lil Boosie still says uh, he's a rat if he ended up doing that, no matter what the case is, no matter what he reads. They had gotten close last year after they had both gotten into it with Charleston White over the internet, over their sons, and then both getting in trouble. They had kind of linked up and became close last year. And T.I. just says this is something we could have talked about man to man. And um, Boosie said he never got those snitch vibes from T.I., but he could have obviously been hiding it. And just kind of why did he come out and say this after all this time? Because it's something that seemingly happened in the early 2000s, but they're going back and forth with it right now, which is pretty hilarious on the internet. Because um, it's all just the internet shit and all comes from DJ Vlad, of course. Always creates some kind of controversy from every video he does, even these ones that he does with Boosie quite often. This all really became relevant after Terrence Gangsta Williams, who's Birdman's um, big brother, came out and said that he ended up getting off of a life sentence because he put some murders on people that were no longer living. He admitted to some things on people that were no longer living. It's also came out that he's worn a wire in prison and some other things, but Birdman no longer associates with his brother. His brother definitely tells a lot of great-ass stories. Um, so if y'all ever want to be entertained, definitely Google Gangsta Williams on YouTube. His Vlad interview is crazy. He's met everyone in the feds. Again, he was in prison for life on some murder charges, so he ended up getting out because he cooperated and ended up giving some names on some murders, again, that people were no longer living on his dead friends and giving them up on that and that ended up getting time shaved off of his life sentence all the way down to obviously getting released so now he's free he has a non-profit helping young kids um, to not end up in the same situation that he ended up in he really is a very interesting person his interviews again are crazy i've never really seen anything like it his storytelling ability is amazing he had a lot of time obviously to hone his craft in prison um, he has his prison stories are insane the people he's met, the people he's done time with, just everything about him is crazy. But that kind of started this off, and Boosie ended up going back and forth with Gangster because they're both from Louisiana and telling him how much respect he had for him at some point, and he lost it after he found out he essentially stitched on the dead, which he had no respect for, and a lot of people don't have respect for it. It's just kind of crazy to kind of go back and forth about snitching on someone that's dead is how you feel about that is really kind of up to you and how you were raised but that's where it all started from from the gangster shit and then that led into ti and boosie weighing in on that boosie going back and forth with gangster and now boosie going back and forth with ti because he allegedly has admitted to doing the same thing on a random ass podcast which again boosie was like why would you admit to that at this point when it's been so long since this actually happened some new releases of music this week baby tron has the out on bound ep which is a five track ep it's really dope from my plays that i've had this morning i actually got a chance to play it a few times through after playing it a few times through the standout track is probably still the intro out on bond he mentions nebraska which is pretty dope for me as i'm from nebraska um, another album came out was Lovesick by Don Tolliver. Haven't completed that yet, but some really dope tracks on there. He has Glorilla, Lil Dirk. He has Justin Bieber and Future on the same song. He has Charlie Wilson. Um, just a lot of great songs in there. I really like it so far. It's definitely a vibe. Don Tolliver is definitely making amazing music. 
Um, Yeet came out with his album called Afterlife. Haven't got a chance to play that yet. And then Key Glock had Glaucoma 2 that also came out last night. Haven't been able to play that one yet, so I'm going to play those two tonight over the weekend. I'll tell you guys about those next week. But some really dope music. Those are my big four for the week. According to the Associated Press, on Wednesday, a Los Angeles judge sentenced a man convicting of gunning down Nipsey Hussle to 60 years to life in prison. Superior Court Judge Jack handed down the sentence to Eric Holder, 33, who was found guilty of the 2019 first-degree murder of the 33-year-old Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist outside his clothing store, The Marathon, in South Los Angeles, where they both grew up in the very similar circumstances. It was just a really overall sad situation. They were obviously associated with the same gang. A lot of controversy and a lot of conspiracies around Nipsey Hussle's death. It was just really sad that that's kind of where a lot of people's mind goes. He was a great artist. He was starting to put out some of his best music. He was putting out his best music. His clothing on was excelling. He was on the cover of magazines. He was really killing shit. Um, and it's just really sad we don't get any more Nipsey Hussle music as of right now. He still hasn't put out um, a posthumous album, or at least his family hasn't quite yet. But his cannabis line um, is definitely popping. His clothing line is definitely still popping. They're selling a lot of clothes. I still get texts from them every uh, Thursday night when music comes out at 11 uh, p.m. So that's really dope to see that his family is carrying on his legacy with his clothing line and his, hopefully his music as well here soon. The daughter of Malcolm X has sued the agencies for their alleged role in her father's slang. She plans to sue the NYPD and the FBI, among others, for $100 million in a wrongful death lawsuit. This is a really interesting story. I've definitely looked into his death a lot. Malcolm X is definitely like a hero of mine. Being from Omaha, he's just a legend in Omaha and just a great person overall. I enjoyed his book. I've always looked up to Malcolm X. He definitely has a special place to me. Um, I can see why she's doing this. The NYPD, amongst a lot of other people, definitely did a lot of covering up of things. There's things on YouTube. There's things on Netflix. There's things on every streaming service about who allegedly killed them. There seems to be a pretty clear view of who did it at this point. But at the same time, a lot of people still doubt that as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Biggie's mom did a similar thing when he died in Los Angeles against the LAPD for a wrongful death. I think she sued them for about $100 million as well, which was his approximate like net worth at the time that she put in the lawsuit. So this isn't something that's necessarily surprising or uncommon, but it's very late for her to do this. But it's definitely something that I feel like could be called for. I think a lot of things could be released to the public that a lot of people don't know without doing research. Kai Sinat becomes the first African-American Twitch streamer to hit 200,000 subscribers. That's really crazy. That's a hell of an accomplishment. A lot of people that aren't really familiar with Twitch may not understand that, but it's hard to compare it to YouTube or anything else. 200,000 subscribers on anywhere is hard to get, but especially on Twitch. That's a really dope accomplishment to see somebody in a space that's generally not dominated, obviously, by African-Americans. Um, he's definitely really famous. Him and Speed. Um, Speed's videos are absolutely fucking insane. So, is, so are Kai's. Um, but his it's just really crazy to see how much money he's making and seeing how famous he has gotten off of Twitch. I had never heard of him. I definitely subscribed to his Twitch once I did hear of him when I was still using Twitch. I don't really use it too much anymore. Um, but he's a really big deal there. He's still popping on YouTube, Instagram, Reels, TikTok. He's everywhere. You can't get on the internet without seeing Kai. Um, so again, congratulations to him on that feat. 200000 is really impressive. Some states look to relaxing child labor laws to address worker shortages. I seen on Instagram the other day either a 14 or a 16 year old to work in a slaughterhouse um, cleaning up with toxic chemicals. It just makes no sense. I mean, I understand that these jobs aren't easy to fill. A lot of people may not want them. Um, there might not be a lot of people hireable, I guess, at this point for these jobs, if you might say as well. But hiring kids makes no sense. Them being exposed to those toxins and those chemicals, bound to make mistakes, life changing, life risking mistakes. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Seems like a lot of liability for these companies, but people are getting desperate. 
but I honestly think AI and robots are really going to take over all of this at some point. I've been seeing uh, cleaning robots and cooking robots, just more and more of that stuff being like accessible and like more affordable for these big companies. So sooner than later, I don't think this is going to be a problem. But in the meantime, I don't really think it's a good idea to allow children to work in factories, especially again with toxic chemicals, to toxic waste. Um, dangerous jobs think about forklifts and just crazy things for a child to be using it makes no sense at any age below 18 or honestly maybe even a little bit older than that but at least 18. Wednesday at a joint press conference with California Governor Gavin Newsom, Elon Musk announced that he's going to be moving Tesla's headquarters back to California. This is after about a year or two ago he moved it all to Texas, which a lot of people were guessing it was for a tax cut because Texas has Texas, I'm sorry, has no state taxes, um, only federal taxes. So a lot of billionaires are moving their headquarters there. But hit with him recently, also requiring Twitter, which is San Francisco based, it makes sense to move his headquarters back to California, where he already had the facilities. Those people out in Silicon Valley in the San Francisco Bay Area are definitely going to be getting some jobs back, but the people in Texas seemingly are going to be losing a lot of their jobs as he makes this decision. Um, they probably came to an agreement to lessen the taxes out in California. Governor Newsom seems to be someone that's going to be, end up running for president at some point. He seems to be able to get just about anything done that he says. Um, he's came out with a lot of crazy like propositions and things that he says that he would like to get passed and laws and reparations. He's kind of talked on everything, so he's definitely appealing as a presidential candidate um, here in a few years. So it'll be interesting to see how that works, but he's worked out a deal at least with Elon Musk to bring Tesla back to California. A California lawyer allegedly stole millions of dollars from a lender, lied about where the money was going, and spent it on gambling in Las Vegas, according to a federal lawsuit filed earlier this month. Sarah King, who works at the Newport Beach Law Firm, took nearly $10.3 million of loans out from a lending company based in the British Virgin Islands and the plaintiff in the suit saying it would go to third-party borrowers. The plaintiff alleges King was really pocketing the money they loaned to gamble in Las Vegas, fund an extravagant lifestyle, and for other personal uses... They allege she moved it to the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas for six months and gambled 24-7. They also allege that her ex-husband, who has fled to Morocco, substantiated their belief that King engaged in massive fraud. She seems to be like the fraud like king of this century, honestly. This is fucking crazy. She took out $10.3 million in loans, and they didn't catch her until after six months of spending time in Vegas and gambling 24-7. It really makes no sense. It's amazing what you can get away with. It's amazing that she did this. Hopefully those people obviously don't get in any trouble or have to pay any of this money back, obviously. Um, but she's definitely obviously going to jail. She's definitely going to do some time. She's definitely going to the feds. Uh, it's not a good look for her. She's going to have to pay some of this money back if she ever actually gets out. Who knows if she had hid the money? Who knows where all this money is? They don't really say if they've collected anything. But that's a really fucking crazy story and just something that I definitely didn't expect to see when I was scrolling down the timeline. $10.3 million. And when they caught her, she only had $11.98 left in her bank account. So the money's gone. The money's gone somewhere. Who knows if she spent it all? Who knows if she has it hidden? We shall see. That was episode six of the Real Spoiled Podcast. I appreciate everyone for listening. As always, please like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts.